Michigan State University is furthering its investment in a greener future, announcing a commitment to converting 369 internal combustion engine vehicles in its fleet to fully electric vehicles over the next decade. Adam Lover is Director of Campus Services in Infrastructure Planning and Facilities at MSU. We uh, in IPF, uh, our Transportation Services Department, manages the university fleet of vehicles. And uh, many may not know, but MSU is a very large place. Uh, we have around 1,100 total vehicles uh, that is uh, owned and managed by Michigan State University. Uh, we began partnering with Consumers Energy last year, August or so. And uh, we really have been looking at electrification, uh, what vehicles were available to the market and things like that for the university fleet, because not every type of vehicle that we have here at MSU uh, has a equivalent version for it in electric. And so we have been looking at this. We uh, pur purchased about four Chevy Bolts uh, back in 2016 and began using them both in our university fleet that we can do daily leases with and, and rentals for faculty and staff that need to travel across the state of Michigan, for example to conduct their research and, and work on projects uh, from those within IPF specifically that use those uh, two Chevy Bolts to, to drive around campus. So we were gathering feedback from, from, from those users and, and really uh, ourselves understanding how those vehicles were performing within all four seasons here in the, in the state of Michigan. And uh, as we began working with uh, Consumers Energy, I learned more about some of the programs that were available uh, through a program called Power My Fleet, uh, which is a program that Consumers Energy uh, administers that uh, helps um, entities like Michigan State work through the, their fleet decisions that they need to make on, on electrifying the fleet. They also then have grants that are available for the chargers themselves, along with what they have in, within their program called Make Ready, which, which provides financial assistance for the infrastructure improvements that you would need to do uh, to uh, actually install the chargers themselves. So we began working with them and learning more about those, pro those programs and projects. Uh, we evaluated different vendors. We started to look at uh, different vehicle options that we could use here at Michigan State. Uh, MSU is able to leverage the state of Michigan uh, contract uh, for purchasing vehicles. It's called My Deal. And so, you know, a few years ago, there weren't very many electric vehicles available on the on the My Deal contract. And, and today there's there's a few more. I think in the next five years, we're going to see many, many vehicles available uh, for us to purchase. And so uh, we wanted to look at a subset of vehicles of our of our fleet within IPF, along with the uh, Department of Public Safety uh, and our transportation services motor pool that we use for daily and, and monthly rentals um, to kind of get a sampling of different makes and models, as well as um, to evaluate their performance supply chain if we have to make repairs and things like that. Um, we will be using uh, Ford uh, has a uh, charger, charger and charging uh, software that helps us manage the electrical demands on the facility with what um, the vehicles need uh, on a daily basis. So we'll learn so much from this project that's really going to help uh, inform our future master plan that we have actively going along with the utility master plan that we're currently in planning for uh, for the campus. It's a pilot of 40 vehicles. Let's go through four seasons here in Michigan. Let's learn about uh, how much energy each vehicle requires based upon how many miles it drives per day. Uh, what are the uh, electrical demands on, on the, the facilities that we have these vehicles plugged into? And then we can smartly plan what additional facilities across MSU's campus. For example, maybe the parking ramps would be a good fit for, for university vehicles to, to have charging stations in them. So this is sort of like a non-public facing charging station project, if you will, for us. 
uh, for the university fleet. And then we will be continuing to develop a strategy for what our public-facing charging stations will be on campus. And that's really where the DC Fast project comes in uh, at the CATA multimodal site. I'm Jeff Myram. I'm the director of our electric vehicle customer products. And right now we're running two different pilots with the company, Power My Drive and Power My Fleet. Power My Drive is about public infrastructure, getting the fast chargers out there, getting those overnight level two chargers for when you go to a hotel uh, on your travels. And then the other part of that is home charging, which is where the majority of charging happens for an EV driver. And we're trying to get people to charge off peak in all those cases. And that's exactly what we're doing at Power My Fleet too. Power My Fleet is businesses and local governments and universities who are interested in Hey, we've got a significant number of vehicles, we've got sustainability goals, or we see that this is the way of the future, and we want to get on the electric movement. Yeah, so we've been a partner with Michigan State University for, boy, pushing 20 years now. That's CEO Brad Funkhauser from the Capital Area Transportation Authority. CATA is also exploring a more sustainable future. And recently, there's been a big push in the region to look at uh, zero emissions, and that's been a priority for both the university as well as CATA independently. And so we are going to collaborate on a project where we do charging stations over at the multimodal station, which is joint use between MSU and CATA. And I have to be clear with you, Russ, that we want to test this technology as it unfolds. Uh, there are a lot of agencies that are testing electric bus right now. We want to make sure that the battery life is adequate because ultimately what we're trying to do is put out great service while we um, improve sustainability. And so we don't want to trade one for the other. It will be a process as the battery life improves, the technology infrastructure, our partners, and we will be able to get a bigger bang for our buck as we move forward. It's important because we spend a lot of money on fuel by design. Where diesel and unleaded buses, uh, you know, you have... Uh, 30% of, 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 of the fossil fuels in Michigan, greenhouse gas emissions uh, uh, coming from public transit. Consumers Energy's Jeff Myram says the time of day one charges an electric vehicle is important. We do want people to charge overnight. Absolutely. So people may not realize it, but at night, especially in the residential sector, uh, and frankly, probably even at universities, when you, uh, most of those people go home or they're sleeping, they are not using a lot of electricity. And so we can see that electrical kind of volume, kilowatt hours, drop in half in those nighttime hours. And so all of our equipment that's made to serve those homes or serve those businesses is set up for those peak daytime afternoon times. So if we have people charge in the middle of the afternoon, well, then we have to go back in and do new equipment. And that costs everybody money. Hence why we're doing this, this program is we want people to charge off peak use the same infrastructure, and it's already ready for you, but then we don't have to upsize it and we can save everyone um, those those costs. Jeff, what is Power My Fleet? Yeah, absolutely. So Power My Fleet's a lot of fun. We just launched it last summer, and Michigan State University is one of our first 50 businesses that's in the program. And what we're looking to do is learn together. What do these fleets look like, and can they operate and charge overnight and still get their daytime business done? And so it kind of comes in three phases. We, the first phase is an assessment. We take a look at the vehicles that are out there. And frankly, right now, the majority of those are internal combustion engine vehicles called ICE vehicles, not electric vehicles or EVs. 
And we see which one of those have case studies that make financial sense. There's a vehicle available uh, that's being made right now that's going to save you money if you electrify it uh, over the life of that vehicle. And we build that case study so that those businesses can then take it to their leadership teams and say, yes, we've got a business case. This makes sense. That's phase one. Phase two is the rebates. All right, so now you're committed. You see the vehicles, you got the business case. How do we get the charging infrastructure in there? And the reason we can offer rebates, again, is because of that overnight charging. So we can actually save all customers money uh, by getting that overnight charging on the vehicles. And then the third phase is let's prove the, let's get the proof of the test of concept, which is we'll follow up after toward the end of our pilot, which ends in 2024. We'll look at these case studies and we'll say, okay, what made sense? What saved money and what didn't? Were there some surprises? Uh, because we want people to be successful if they take this on. We want people to know, okay, maybe I'm Joe's flower shop, for example, and I see that this business over here in another community is very similar to mine. Here's a case study that worked. Here's what worked for them and here's what didn't. And I want to learn that lesson. So we want to help customers uh, through that process so it's really no regrets and we can be successful. Because we see that this is where both our auto manufacturers in the state are going and, frankly, worldwide are going. Electrification really is the way of the future. And that's why Michigan State was such a great partner is because this is an institution very interested in the success of the future and what's groundbreaking, what's new, and what can we learn and so what a great partnership to come together on with Power My Fleet. MSU also is investing in two DC fast chargers for public use through the Power My Fleet program, the Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes and Energy's Charge Up Michigan program, and Capital Area Transportation Authority. The chargers will be available for public use at the Capital Area Multimodal Gateway on Harrison Road this fall. And that's an excellent location. It's not far off 127. Of course, there's probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions of visitors who come here every year. And it's also right by the train station. So it's a great location and an excellent partnership for a fast charger. And those are cases where someone has driven a very long distance toward the maximum range of their battery, and they absolutely have to charge in order to get home or to continue on with their business travel. So that you know, that location is a fantastic use case for a fast charger. In those cases, we don't expect those to charge off peak. That's, that's I need it now and I need it to happen. And it's typically 15 to 30 minutes, depending on what vehicle type you have, to get back to 80% of your battery and get back on the road again. So we were happy to partner with that too. Yeah, I think this is really an, an awesome example when uh, you have multiple entities that are similarly aligned strategically. And so really this effort came about with MSU's strategic plan and its focus on sustainability. Uh, as we look at trying to reduce our overall carbon footprint uh, here that Michigan State generates you know, and, and reduce our greenhouse gases, uh, one of the components of that is obviously the solar carports as a strategy for energy uh, that we've done over campus. Uh, but the university fleet is another element that we can really look at. And so this particular project uh, will um, will learn from these initial 40 vehicles. But over the next nine years to 10 years, we really expect to replace at least 370 vehicles across our fleet. As the economics change, as vehicle electric vehicle pricing becomes cheaper in the future uh, and the technologies become better, Better, then we'll probably continue to increase that quantity of vehicles over, over the next decade. So when we began talking with 
uh, Cata and Consumers Energy about that particular site, uh, it actually aligned with Eagle's Charge Up Michigan program. And if you aren't familiar with that, uh, the Charge Up Michigan program was a really neat project that actually one of our professors here in the College of Engineering, Dr. Miranez Kamami, worked on to really strategically look at the highway network across the state of Michigan to locate uh, DC fast chargers, which is a type of charging station that can recharge a vehicle, let's say, in 20 to 30 minutes versus a level two that you might have at your home in your garage, uh, which may take anywhere between six to 10 hours to fully charge your vehicle. A DC fast uh, charging station is able to do it relatively quickly. So if you're making a long trip across the state of Michigan uh, and uh, on a vacation, for example, to, to, to visit northern Michigan, for example, um, you are able to stop at one of these stations, recharge along the way, maybe get out, walk across MSU's campus for, for 15, 20 minutes, come back, and you're on your way to your trip. So the program uh, requires these DC fast uh, charging stations to be located within one mile from a highway network. Perfect, because I-496 and 127 are right there at the Trowbridge exit. So the CATA multimodal site made really good sense strategically to place this particular charging station. Uh, and then it came down to the partnership. So CATA's uh, future strategy focus on, on electrification was aligned. Michigan State's focus was aligned. And of course, Consumers Energy and Eagle are both strategically aligned with, with that. And so it's a really neat, I think, example when you can get multiple different entities on the same page strategically and you can see what happens. And I really think that this project does that. The 40 university electric vehicles that we're purchasing will actually be located at the IPF building on campus, uh, at the DPS building on campus, uh, the Department of Public Safety uh, building, and the Transportation Services building on campus. So three different locations that will have charging stations outfitted, and that's the Power My Drive uh, excuse me, that's the Power My Fleet program that Consumers Energy is partnering with MSU on. The DC fast charging stations, just charging stations, no vehicles, uh, at the CATA site is a program through Power My Drive, through Consumers Energy, and then that's where Eagles Charge Up Michigan comes in. So this project is really two things. It's non-public-facing charging stations for the university fleet, and then it's public-facing charging stations for uh, the general public to, to be able to travel across this great state. Adam, did you think even a couple years ago that you'd be involved in a project with electric vehicles? Six months ago, if you would have asked uh, you know, me to, to, to lead this kind of project, uh, people would have thought you were crazy. Um, and, and for me personally, I really did not have a lot of knowledge in this particular area. So my approach has been to really pull in those industry experts. Uh, thankfully, Consumers Energy has been just an outstanding partner uh, to really think through all of these different decisions that we need to make. Uh, it, was a, it was a way for me to work with our academic uh, team of, of, of professors and researchers here at Michigan State. Uh, they're the experts. They're really, you know, what's working through. And, and so uh, for me, this project has been a passion. It's been something I'm personally interested in. Uh, we have, if you, if you know a little bit about uh, IPF on campus, our landscape services department has been in, uh, slowly installing autonomous lawn mowing machines, and those are fully electric. And our custodial department has, has been implementing uh, fully electric autonomous floor cleaning machines across campus. Wow. And both of those areas, you know, I get, to, I get the, an opportunity to work with. And so my interest has been really around sort of those future technologies that can really help humans be better and, and do more things with, with fewer resources, if you will. 
And uh, and so when this project came in front of me, I just jumped at the opportunity to work with with Brian Watson and his team in transportation services, uh, our electrical engineers, our faculty that are studying autonomous vehicles and, and electric vehicles, and uh, and it's just been a really great project so far. The addition of new electric vehicles on MSU's campus adds to the growing list of sustainability efforts over the past several years designed to make campus greener. So let's talk kind of high level of what what Michigan State University is committed to strategically. Uh, we want to reduce our greenhouse gas. And so if you if you visit uh, the MSU's homepage and you search strategic plan, you'll find more information about all of the various things that we're really working on. But one of those elements is, is sustainability. And so we're really trying to commit to reducing our overall greenhouse gas uh, emissions over the, over the next mid-century uh, is our goal. And so based upon that sort of alignment, this particular project of converting our fleet from, from ICE, so internal combustion engine vehicles, to electric vehicle, aligns in support of that. And uh, for, for, if, if for, for the listeners that uh, perhaps um, are, are have uh, little knowledge of greenhouse gas and metric tons, as I do, because I really don't have a lot of knowledge, I convert things to trees. So, so my background and working for landscape services. Uh, so this particular effort of converting, you know, 370 vehicles from, from ice to electric, uh, you know, has an equivalent of, of, of planting 312,000 trees. Michigan State is well known for its beautiful campus and, and many trees. You know, we have well over documented 20,000 20, trees on campus. So imagine 312,000 trees, you know, on the campus footprint. Now you wouldn't be able to walk very, very much without running into a tree. So uh, if, we can, if we can make that type of uh, sustainable sustainable impact, um, then I think that shows our overall responsibility as good stewards of, of this planet to, uh, to own what we do here at Michigan State uh, and contribute that to the rest of the world. Transportation and clean energy are an excellent pair. And I'll say that for a couple of reasons. One is when you look at emissions and, and potential pollution from the transportation sector and the utility sector using fossil fuels, that's about 50% of the greenhouse gases in the United States. So if we can get to clean energy and then battery electric vehicles that are being powered by that clean energy, we're taking half the greenhouse gas pollution off the table within our generation, which is a huge win. So consumers' energy in particular, we've got a commitment to retire our coal. We've got a commitment to go carbon neutral by 2040, and we're well on that path to making that happen. So sometimes people will say, hey, I'm nervous about an electric vehicle because this isn't just an extended tailpipe. You know, yes, the vehicle doesn't have a tailpipe, but what's happening in the generation side? We want to take that argument off the table, and we're working aggressively to power all these vehicles with clean energy. And as we look at what our auto manufacturers, which is a key part of our economic backbone for the state, they're all saying, we're going electric. We're coming out with hundreds of new electric vehicles that are happening. And when we look at sales projections, we see that there may be up to a million EVs in our electric service territory by 2030. Less than 10 years, and we want to be ready for that. Hence these pilots, hence the education efforts, and it's good to charge overnight. Uh, and that clean energy is going to be powering these vehicles for the future. Jeff, what's your advice for a driver who is considering an EV? My advice is to get behind the wheel. So electric vehicle drivers love to share the experience. And frankly, my first experience with an electric vehicle was almost five years ago now at work driving a driving a Chevy Bolt. I'd never driven one before. And I was thinking, well, what's this thing going to be like? It, it, you know, it's in the more in the compact segment. And so you're getting in and your first impression is I expect this thing to kind of act like a compact car. But I came in and I was like, wow. So we're on podcast here. I'm 6'5". I fit in that thing just fine. 
I, it kind of shocked me. But when you have a smaller motor and you don't have that transmission and all the extra parts that run through the center of the vehicle, you open up the cabin quite a bit. And the other thing that surprised me was the instant torque. It's not like a little four-cylinder. This thing took off, um, and it's pretty fast. So that performance tends to shock people, uh, in addition to just kind of the creature comfort of being inside. And then another thing I, that really impressed me was you get in highway speeds, and you don't realize how much wind uh, and car noise there is. But when you're in an electric vehicle, it's quiet. And so you can hear all these things that you can't normally hear. And you're like, wow, this is just a really different experience. And it's much more relaxing. Uh, so get behind one. I think people will be impressed. Um, you know, I understand it's new technology and, and you've kind of got to get used to it. And yes, there's getting used to charging is different. But most people find that when I can charge overnight, I wake up in the morning and I've got, in air quotes, kind of a, a full fuel tank. That's a significant benefit. Uh, and in the winter time, one of the things I absolutely love about EVs is there's instant torque and there's instant heat. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not waiting for this thing to warm up and that little blue light to go off before I can actually accelerate. Uh, and the cars tend to be heavier with that battery, so you get better grip in the snow. So there's a lot of benefits to being in a northern state too, and, and driving an EV that don't often come across uh, when when people hear about electric vehicles. Jeff Myram, we've heard that an EV's performance can be reduced by cold weather in the winter. It is true that you have reduced range in the winter, but let's talk about some of the factors for that. Um, you also get reduced range in the winter with your gas car, and a big portion of that is because the air is more dense because the air is cold. So there's some physics that just everybody happens regardless of the vehicle. We tend not to think about it with a gas vehicle because there's a gas station on every corner. No one's really nervous about it. And electric vehicle infrastructure, that fast charger, like what's going in over by the Amtrak station, those are just starting to roll out. And we're going to see hundreds and thousands of those within the next decade as well. So that is kind of disappearing. And I think people will begin worrying less about, oh, there's slightly less winter range than there is summer range. We've also heard that EVs require less maintenance and upkeep. And what is one-pedal driving? They do require less maintenance. So your your wipers, your wiper fluid, your tires, you will still need brakes. However, you need brakes less because uh, a really cool feature of electric vehicles is what's called regenerative braking. So if you have, you can set up the vehicle so that when you take your foot off the gas, the vehicle automatically starts braking, but it's by the motor essentially running in reverse, which is charging the battery rather than energy coming from the battery. And so that's putting extra range into your car as you stop. So you really only need to hit the brakes once you get used to what this is called one-pedal driving. Once you get used to one-pedal driving, you really only need to hit the brakes in more like emergency situations or kind of aggressive stop and go sometimes during rush hour. But I know people who've driven 100,000 miles on their EV and never replaced the brakes. I don't know anybody who's done that in, an, in a combustion vehicle. And Jeff, what are time of use rates and why are they important? You know, one other thing I will bring up is time of use rates. And people tend to be nervous about time of use rates because uh, we've seen them in the summer. For example, Consumers Energy has a summer rate, which is, which is higher on peak. So that's 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. in the middle of the day. If you're an electric vehicle driver you will save more money by going on a time of use rate year-round. So not just in the summer, but year-round. Now that tends to make people nervous because they're used to kind of the air conditioning load and they don't necessarily realize how much how much energy the electric vehicle draws compared to other appliances. Again, this is why we want overnight in the off-peak. So an electric vehicle, 
when it's full charging at home, could be equivalent to about two air conditioners. Now that's happening year-round, of course. So if you can get that from 11 p.m. to 6 a.m., which is very doable with a home level two charger, you're going to save a significant amount of money. We typically see people cut their fueling bill, so going from gasoline to electricity, in half. In some cases, reducing it 60%. So if you're if you're driving, let's say on average, 13 to 15,000 miles a year, you might be spending uh, you know 1,200 or more in gasoline. Depends on how efficient your vehicle is. You'll translate that down to maybe $600 to maybe as low as mid $500 range by going on that year-round time of use rate. So that's an important piece of education, uh, and it will save you money even with your other activities going on in the house. What kind of outlet is required at home to adequately charge an electric vehicle, and what is a frunk? The outlet is actually a NEMA 1450. That's getting a little bit wonky, but it's a 50-amp outlet. Uh, And if you quote that to an electrician, they will definitely know what's going on. It is very similar to your electric dryer or your electric uh, range at home. You will need two slots in your fuse box. So it'll be one of those double bar switches, and you'll want a professional electrician to put it in. But when you do that, uh, those chargers typically get 20 to 30 miles of range for your vehicle every hour. And if you buy a more efficient electric vehicle, it's going to be closer to the 30-mile range per hour. So think about that. Eight hours overnight, 20 to 30 miles of range, you can do a lot of driving in a day and still go wake up in the morning and have a full battery. Uh, That's that's really handy and also speaks to that fast charging infrastructure. A lot of people are very interested in it. But you only need it on those trips where maybe I'm not coming home tonight or I've got more than 200 miles to drive. Uh, most of the time you're doing it at home. And they're coming up with new features that people aren't even thinking about, like the frunk. Nobody was talking about a frunk just a couple of years ago. So a frunk is the front trunk or, or, <laughs> or the frunk. And uh, for, uh, I just saw a Mach-E, Ford Mach-E here a little bit. And one of the cool features they have in that frunk, it is a drain plug. So you can fill up your frunk with ice Put whatever beverage you want in there. <laughs> you know, do your tailgating. Um, go to the game, and when it's you know when it's all melted, just unscrew that thing and drain it. And those are things we would never would have thought of doing in a, in a car just a couple years ago. I think one of the things that I'm most proud of, and 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 I feel uh, is is most important about this project is it's a it's a partnership. These things don't happen uh, in a silo, and so uh, you know, without the the financial partnership of Consumers Energy of of CATA, uh, these projects wouldn't have happened. And and so I think uh, for entities like Michigan State or private ent- entities in the state of Michigan, please reach out to your to utility providers and see what programs they have available uh, to convert your your ice fleet to electric fleet. And uh, and if you don't have the expertise, that's okay. They do, and and it's an opportunity to really work together to try to advance this overall mobility industry uh, and hopefully um, do it in a real sustainable way over time. And, uh, and I think that's what I'm most proud of. I'll give one other point of reference that, that uh, Will Ferrell actually made famous with, with, the, with the Norway commercial. So a big question that I commonly get is, could 1 million EVs really happen here within the next 10 years in, in consumers' territory? And we, and we cover most of the lower peninsula, so it's a good part of the state. Uh, and my answer is yes. When you look at the sales data in Norway, and now they did this differently. They had a, they had taxation, which made those EVs the same price as uh, a fueled vehicle. They went from about where we're at today, which is closer to 1% of vehicles being electric, to 100% of nearly 100% of vehicle sales being electric in less than 10 years. Well, 
what we're seeing now is that price parity is going to happen even without those government subsidies. And we're seeing experts predict that right around 2025. And obviously, auto manufacturers are some of our largest customers. And what we've heard from them is they will, every one of them will have over a million EV production capacity per year by 2025. So when you think about price parity, you think about hundreds of new models coming on, and then you think about that the manufacturers are going to have the the ramp, the production ramp to serve that desire for customers, a million is not out of the question. We could, we're, we're looking at a really rapid transformation here. I'm Russ White for MSU Today.